Saturday, December 18th, 2021. You're tuned into the blow off presented by the Hami Media Group at channelattitude.com, powered by atmarkmedia.com. On today's show, Jimmy T and I, we're talking all kinds of stuff. We've got Lesnar Reigns, we've got Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Wrestle Kingdom, Stardom, AEW, and surely a whole lot more. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you, this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news to this news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the show online at the Blow Off Pod. My name is Dr. Jargo, P-H-D, and I am joined alongside the G-A-G from the PWC. He's the COVID kid. It's my man, Jimmy T. Jimmy, welcome back to your show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. And what a week we've got again in wrestling, man. We've got a lot to talk about, Jargo, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, there is so much going on, especially as things are picking up over in Japan as we head towards Wrestle Kingdom, AEW with Winter is Coming, Raw, SmackDown, building towards day one. What is your highlight of your pro wrestling week at this point? Like, what what is the thing that you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for X night so I can see what's... I know, it's Braun Breaker at NXT 2.0, isn't it, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah. Well, seriously... Nothing right now, man, at the moment, dude. Nothing is really capturing me other than probably Owen staying with WWEs. That was probably the most intriguing thing of the week for me. That's so weird, though, right? Because, I mean, you, you look at everything that's going on inside of the pro wrestling landscape. There's so much content, and we watch all of it because we try to talk about all of it. And right. yet, when it sits, comes time to sit down right out the topics for the week, I'm like, what the f*** do we talk about? Where do you start, man? You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, look at that 60 minute bomb burner between Hangman Page and uh, Brian Danielson, and I think it went way too long, to be honest, right? But we'll get into that. But um, yeah, man, you, you're spot on. It's it's so odd to me that there's so much content, and yet we don't know what in the world there is to talk about. It just seems very, very strange. Very, very <laughs> strange. Shout out to the chat room. We got Michael Davis. We got Mr. Cromwell, as well as Brailsford James over there in the chat. You can find us in the chat room, whether it be YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Jimmy T, let's start with last night. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, the firing of Paul Heyman. What is going on inside of the WWE as we head towards Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, part 813 <laughs> at day one. You tell me, dude. Where do we go from <laughs> here now? I mean, shit. It is literally part, what, 903,000? Who the fuck knows, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Where do we go from here? What happens with Heyman now? Well, I mean, I am intrigued because, I mean, at least this time around, things are flipped, right? So, right. I mean typically it's Roman Reigns being shoved down your throat as a baby face that nobody wants to cheer and Brock Lesnar, the big bad heel that we're supposed to boo, but everybody really, really secretly wants to cheer because he's a badass. So at least this time we have the casting, right? We have the douchebag Roman Reigns. We have baby face Viking Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and they're going to be facing off for the championship of the universe. I mean, like at, at least I'm intrigued by the matchup this time around. It doesn't feel so forced. No, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, any time I see these two go at it, even though we've seen it how many times, there is some sort of new story behind it. You know what I mean? It's not just the same old shit. Like, so I'm all for it, man. I'm always for it. At the end of the day, I mean, what other program would intrigue you right now other than them two? 
Well, I mean, mean there's not really any other stars inside of the WWE <laughs> at point. this point. You know, I right. mean, you got Brock Lesnar, you got Roman Reigns. Those are their two headliners as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I do think Drew McIntyre is going to fit into this thing. I still feel like we're going towards a triple threat at WrestleMania for the championship of the universe. Uh, whether Drew win the Royal Rumble or whether he just challenged Brock outright, because let's face it, Drew McIntyre inside of the narrative has Brock Lesnar's number for one reason or another. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see babyface Brock being like, I need to whip this dude's ass because I ain't whipped this dude's ass yet. And, you know, maybe they give Roman six weeks off after Brock beats him for the championship of the universe. Roman shows up and it becomes a triple threat. Like, it just seems like that's where we're going, looking at the landscape and the events that WWE has coming up. Yeah, and another triple threat. I mean, they've always building to a triple threat at WrestleMania lately, man, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah. Whatever. Like, if Kevin Owens does win the the WWE Championship, was it the WWE Championship he's going for? Yeah. Okay. So not the Universal one. That would be interesting. But um, as far as the Universal Championship goes, where do we go? Yeah. I mean, Roman Reigns probably will still recapture that damn belt, man. It's probably hold it for another year. Well, and then we have the other part of the equation, and our friend Paul brings it in. A babyface Heyman just doesn't seem right. I don't know why. No. Well, I can tell you why, because it's Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman should never be a babyface because Paul Heyman is a douchebag and he's a well-documented douchebag over the course of the year. So it's very, very hard to get people to cheer for Paul Heyman on an elongated period of time. So that that's why babyface Paul Heyman doesn't seem to work. What do we do with Paul Heyman? He's obviously been fired from the family. He was executed by Roman Reigns. He, he smashed Paul Heyman as Roman Reigns would say. Um, so now Paul Heyman goes crying to Brock with his tail between his legs, I assume. And perhaps Brock, you know, plays around with Paul Heyman, kind of like he's playing around with Sami Zayn. And that'll be a lot of fun. But Paul Heyman finds himself on his ass once again. What do we do with Paul Heyman at this point? Is Paul going to bring in like, you know, the, the, the killer of killers? Like, yes. is, is that what we're going to do? Paul's going to bring somebody else in to, to add to this, you know, three-man clusterfuck? Yeah, guaranteed, man. I've I've said this before on this very show. I still think he'll be the manager behind, you know, that new kid, was it Bordeaux, whatever his last name is? Yeah. I yeah. strongly think Heyman will take him under his wing. I can almost bet my house on it. Uh, it's just, I, it feels so <laughs> underwhelming to me. The next big thing, baby. I <laughs> Is he though? Like, do, do well, you see Vince getting behind him to that point? Because I mean, I I feel like everybody has Braun Breaker labeled for that role. I don't think oh, that's going to sure. be the case after War Games, but I, maybe that's just me. I, I just uh, once Vince sees that tape, I don't think he's going to be a happy person. Uh, so Braun Breaker is in that conversation, that, but this Bordeaux guy or whatever the hell his name is, I still haven't seen him. I have no idea who this dude is, um, but. Everybody keeps talking about him. I, I feel like if he was that big of a deal, he would be more so on my radar. Trust me when I tell you he looks like a young Brock Lesnar dude. But can he wrestle? That's the question. Well, that remains to be seen. But uh, as far as his looks go, he's got everything that Vince would absolutely adore, bro. I'm telling you, he's got the size. He's got the look. He looks like a young Brock. I mean, I think he's one for the future in WWE, no doubt about it. I'm not sure what the future of the WWE is at this point. As I as I, and I and I say that just looking at all of the talent that they release, looking at NXT, just kind of the landscape of what they're trying to do. Obviously, we know Kevin Owens is going to be part of it. Uh, Kevin yeah. Owens signed on reportedly between two and three million dollars for three years. Um, good on Kevin Owens. I I don't blame him. Uh, he can stay in the main event picture on Monday Night Raw, or he can you know put on the most ridiculous outfit that you ever saw and run with Adam Cole and the young bucks over in <laughs> AEW. Right. I mean, like the, the Rushmore thing. Eh. Right. I, I don't know about should have. I mean, WWE is <laughs> going to pay you that kind of money and you don't have to take nearly the bumps that you'd be taking in AEW. You know, you're going to be in a top spot for some reason. Vince McMahon trusts you. Um, not a bad place to be if you're Kevin Owens. Well, no doubt about it. Congratulations to him, but wasn't it Vince that thought he was a fat slob. Ah, look at him. He looks yeah, but, fat. <laughs> but Vince's opinions change on people too. Like that's true. 
when you look at AJ Styles, like every, everybody agrees that AJ is about the epitome of what you could ask for somebody that was made outside of the company coming into WWE and the way that he's been used inside of the booking and whatnot, right? Like AJ multi-time champion at this Absolutely. point, he's always in the mix. Uh, but it took AJ Styles flying from South America to Detroit to go out and have a five-star match with Finn Balor on zero notice in order for that to happen. Like the biggest thing that happened that night was AJ proving to Vince, I'm a company guy. You can trust me. If you need me, I will be there. He got over with Vince McMahon that night. And that is when AJ's career took off. If you look at AJ's booking before that moment, <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. That right. was the moment that he got over with Vince and AJ's now had a Hall of Fame career. We don't have anybody that I see in the landscape that's going to pull that. Kevin Owens is pretty damn close. And what happened with Kevin Owens was he became best friends with Chris Jericho. Absolutely. And Chris Jericho is one of those guys that proved himself to Vince a long time ago. And if Jericho says you're cool, then you're cool. And that's how KO got Vince's ear. And let's face it, Owens is the highlight of everything that he's that goes on inside of the WWE. He's going out, he's having the best matches, he's having the most creative programs. It's just not the main event. But at least Vince trusts Owens to go out there and do what Owens does. 100%, dude. I mean, look, you used AJ and Kevin Owens as an example, right? It's called experience, man. It took yeah. him a long time to get to WWE, but these guys already knew what to expect and how to work through all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like the saying goes, it's full of sharks in WWE. These guys knew how to play the game and got over with Vince. And Kevin Owens went from being the guy that I assumed was going to eat the pin on day one to now the guy that I assume is going to win the championship at day one. I mean, you think? I mean, shit, why not reward the guy, right? Well, and I feel like when you look at everybody else inside of that match, Seth Rollins does not need it in no. any way, shape, or form. I agree. Um, if I, you could make the argument to keep it on Big E. Not going to complain there. Bobby Lashley certainly does not need the WWE championship at this point. Owens needs something. You know, he, he needs something going forward. Maybe it's the championship. I mean, but I would not be upset if, if they find a way to keep that title on Big E. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather see a KO championship run again, dude. It's been a while. It's been a long time. And to be honest, man, with Big E's run, I'm not that impressed. What more could Big E be doing for you to, to like him as the WWE champion, as their lead babyface at this point? Just be more serious, man. I mean, I know he tries to be, but just I can't take him serious sometimes, dude. Remember when he used to be NXT champion and he'd do the, oh, yeah. the chest pump and he'd do the five-time five time thing? I could take him more serious back then. Now all I see is New Day over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Does he really need to gyrate himself all the time, man? Like, come on. I mean, I, I was a big advocate for turning Big E heel just to get Me away too. from all that crap. And then you could turn him back baby face, but he would have a more serious demeanor to his character. Um, I like Big E's championship reign. I mean, when, really? when I look at the when I look at the the landscape on Monday Night Raw, I just I don't feel like he could be doing more than what he's already doing as far as how he's been booked you know what i mean the problem with all of the wwe champions at this point for me and this includes roman reigns is there's just not the roster depth like that's you've got true. two three guys in that main event mix and that's all they've got to work with like it's not like they have a, a whole roster full of opponents just set up waiting to go and contend with big e at this point well whose fault to that <laughs> well i mean that's saying? on the company though like exactly. I, I, I but exactly. i'm saying as far as big e the performer i don't know what more we could be asking of the guy playing championship wrestler on monday night raw in 2021 going into 2022 well Maybe I just want it like a complete change. You know what I mean? I, I want to see something different. I want to see what else Big E can actually do and how versatile he truly is. You know what I mean? 
Like, I just want to see something different. I've seen this Big E in tag team form for years now already. Essentially, he's still the same Big E. Just the only difference is he's pushed to the main event status. There's a lot of characters in pro wrestling, and I feel like this goes across the board, where when they rebrand themselves and get themselves a new gimmick, they just stay inside of that gimmick until it's time to change up the gimmick. Right. And then there's other performers like Chris Jericho that it's just a progression of the same character. And that I feel like is what gets over with the fans. That's what connects you with the performer. I can look at Lionheart, Chris Jericho in 1996, 1997, and it is the same character that I see currently with Fozzie and inside of the inner circle on AEW. It's just been a progression of the character and his personality has evolved with the character. It's not like you just take everything that Chris Jericho has ever done and throw it in the trash when he comes back for his next run. It's just the progression. And that's what I feel like is missing. Like, this Big E character is the same Big E character that he was when he joined the New Day like five, six years ago. There's no exactly. progression. Right. The same thing with Woods. The same thing with Kofi. <clears throat> and then you have somebody like Roman Reigns where he turns heel and it's like it's a brand new character. You, they don't even talk about the history of Roman Reigns as a failed baby face. And that's what led him to this character. Like none of that. They just don't talk about any of it and that's what drives me insane about the wwe in particular but i feel like it's across all of professional wrestling there's just no progression of the characters yeah and and that's the difference man it's called evolving like you said before that's what gets guys over and that's what i want to see from big e like he can still be big e obviously right but evolving to something else man I want to see. I don't know what I what I want to see. I just want him to take it way more serious, and like you know, put more of an effort in, you know, representing the company as your champion just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe I'm asking for too much, but that's just how I feel. Well, and I feel like AEW is not necessarily the contrast, but right now it's kind of the the head of two prisons, right? Because you have hangman page who clearly falls into that category for me like he is still the same hangman page that i saw in ring of honor like five years ago like i just the character isn't progressing and then on the other hand you have brian danielson who just turned heel out of nowhere for no apparent reason (laughs) like you and i saw the seeds that they were planning but we did we did I I still feel like this is the role that was intended for Moxley, right? Like he was supposed to be the guy opposite of hangman page turning heel. The Danielson thing. I feel like it was coming, but it was much further down the road. So in a way I give them a pass for that. And then on the other side, it's just like, we are fighting so hard to get people to dislike Brian Danielson because well, I don't feel like Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson are the same character. It's still the same performer, Absolutely right? right. And we we love Daniel Bryan. He's the baby face of a generation at this point. So you bring in Brian Danielson, you have to number one convince the audience this is a different character. But we're fighting so hard going uphill against the tide because people want to cheer Brian Danielson. On the other side, you have your baby face world champion who's trying to get over as a baby face world champion. That cr- the, the one thing that was really profound to me was the crowd seemed 50 50. That yeah, crowd they, should not have been 50 50, it should have been 90 10. Absolutely. But I want to add though, during that match, I don't, I don't think the American feed would have showed this, but when, when they would go to commercial, I'm not talking about picture to picture, right? Picture in picture. I'm talking about on the fight TV feed. When, when, when you guys go to total commercial, mm-hmm. it continues on. Like, right. I, I can, I, it continues. Like, I can see what's going on. 
and the commentating kicks in again and you hear other shit. It's pretty cool. But Brian Danielson in the middle of the commercial break was trying to get heat on himself, man. He was sticking his finger up at the fans. He was telling them to suck his dick, like all sorts of shit. And he was getting a lot of heat, man. He was even starting to do the yes, <laughs> the yes, but he was like winding it up. He's like, and he's like, nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty interesting. But he did. He got the crowd to absolutely shit on him, man. And the whole place was just turning on him, dude. It was pretty cool. Danielson is really, really good at what he does. I mean, it, it's that simple. Now, I there's a lot of people that did not like the match because they didn't like the 60-minute draw. Of course, I watch Japanese pro wrestling, so long matches don't really bother me. When I tune in to watch a wrestling show, I enjoy seeing wrestling. Um what was your take on the match? You said that you thought it was too long too. I did think it was too long, although I did enjoy the match though. But there was a point, like say around the 40, 45 minute mark where it just dragged on just a little bit. And then they kicked back in again, if you know what I'm saying, with all these near falls and a bit of excitement. But at one point I just felt like, all right, it should have been done. What what annoyed me about that match though? Brian Danielson absolutely was dominating that match all the way through, man. And then a couple of buckshot lariats at the end and all this shit. And suddenly we're supposed to believe, you know, Hangman was going to win if there was like 10 more seconds. Like, come on. I'm just happy they didn't do the stupid pinfall thing where it's like one, two, and then the timer goes off. Like, because (laughs) that's so tempting to do. Um, I thought it was a good match. I, I thought that it was good for everybody involved. The company has something going forward. Danielson still can't win the big match inside of AEW. He couldn't beat Kenny and he couldn't beat Hangman. And Hangman, while he is still the world champion, there's that little bit of doubt in everybody's mind. And most importantly, there's that little bit of doubt in Hangman's mind where now he's almost chasing the dragon, right? Like it's, he might be the champ, but he has something to prove, which Hangman needed right that let hangman was kind of fumbling there uh with his championship reign i was ready for him to lose the damn title uh what where do we go coming out of this when do we get the rematch is this one of those things that happens on tbs at the first show is this a battle of the belts is this revolution what are we doing here i would build for revolution but don't be surprised if it does happen at battle for the belts and i kid you not man if they do another Time limit draw, like, on the second fucking match, I'll go crazy because I can see him having that rubber match at Revolution. So another fucking bullshit match at Battle for the Belt and then the blow-off at Revolution. See, it's the thing that's difficult for me is this would be better if it was the other way around, right? Right, I agree. If the heel has the championship, like you can do the 60 minute Broadway, the baby face is still chasing. Part two, you have the the heel cheats to retain the championship. And then you get the big blow off at the pay-per-view where the baby face finally conquers all, right? Like right, it right. works better with a heel champion with the baby face champion. I, I'm kind of struggling to see where it goes because I feel like this was kind of part two and we never got part one. That's true. I see where you're coming from, man. Look, I don't know where you go from here, but I could just see a lot of fuckery. Like I, like I said, man, last week, I called it, man. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't think they would actually go through with it. But by God, they fucking did, Jago. They really did. So I wouldn't put it past them if they go and do another fuckery of a match at Battle for the Belt. And they've already kind of established that whatever is next, Danielson is still the number one contender. That was announced on Rampage last night. I thought that was an important piece inside of the commentary. Um, So Danielson's still the number one contender. And CM Punk, MJF, they seem like they have kind of declared that the de facto number one contendership match for whatever is next for whoever comes out of this program as the champion. Number one, do you like that as kind of the de facto number one contendership match? I don't mind. I'm not I'm not complaining about it because I think them two guys are definitely your next in line when you think about it. Then again, what's happened to Miro and where's Pac now? Where's the pirate at? 
Well, I mean, the pirate's blind, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's a blind okay. pirate, so it's it, it's hard <laughs> for the bastard pirate to wrestle right at the moment because he's blind. <laughs> well, that wouldn't stop him. Come on now, there is that. Like the, the, what we didn't know is Mighty Mouse's uh, biggest <laughs> strength is his sense of smell. He can <laughs> smell his opponents from across the ring. Oh, yeah. Mighty Mouse. God damn, oh, it. God thought, damn it, Vince McMahon. God damn it. <laughs> uh, kind of along those lines, though, we did see the uh, Malachi Black promo on Dynamite, and it seems as though Brody King is all elite. I'm very, very excited about that. I'm not sure that I like them bringing Brody King in as Malachi Black's muscle because I don't no. feel like Malachi Black needs muscle. But, you know, I, I'm down for Brody King, like, running around being a big, scary dude. Well, they do have history, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. But... I mean, why not? I mean, I think he'll be a great fit, but that's exactly what he's going to be, though, Jago. He's going to be muscle, let's be honest, right? Oh, I just want him to gonzo bomb everybody. <laughs> he's a big, bad dude, man. Well, and I, I guess the thing that I wanted to talk about here, right, so I, I have the AEW roster pulled up and I feel like this roster is so miscast at this point because you've got guys like Adam Cole, who's playing a heel clearly should be a baby face. You've got hangman page that they just can't seem to figure out exactly what they want to do with Andrade. I, I guess he's is Andrade supposed to be a heel at this point. <sighs> Who the fuck knows, dude? I don't even know what he's supposed to be. And what's happened to him? Suddenly they've forgotten him too? Well, that's what happens when you feed with Cody. You disappear. That's I right. Mean, that's that's pretty well established. <laughs> um, who else is on this roster that, you know, we feel like is totally miscast? We, we're fighting the tide with Brian Danielson. People want to cheer FTR, which is... They, FTR definitely miscasted, mis, uh, man, in my opinion. But would they work as baby faces? That's the question. I think they could because they're kind of, they're a throwback, man. People love throwbacks. So, yeah, I think they could pull it off. Christian is miscast as a baby face. Chuck <laughs> Taylor miscast as a baby face. CM Punk is, well, you know, CM Punk. Cody Rhodes is kind of a, a story all onto himself at this point. Colt Cabana, I think, is supposed to be a heel, but he's Colt Cabana. Like, there's no way people are going to boo that guy. <laughs> Dante Martin and MJF we'll talk about here in, in just a couple of minutes. Darby Allen, the character should be a heel, but he's too much of an undersized baby face right, to right. be a heel. So that's kind of the problem with Darby. Evil Uno sh clearly should be like an absolute monster heel. I... I feel like everything Eddie Kingston should be a heel, right. but they've got him framed as a baby face. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, Moxley, they wanted to make a heel. Now there's no way, right? Like Moxley, when he returns, nah. is going to be super baby. No face. way. It'd be great though. If he just turned on everybody, Kenny is going to probably come back as a baby face. I'm guessing. More it than seems likely. Seems like that they're kind of teasing turning Jungle Boy heel, which it seems way too soon for that for me. Leo Rush being portrayed as a baby face, and, and that guy is clearly a douchebag that we should be booing. <laughs> um, Luchasaurus is, is Luchasaurus. Private Party, to me, should absolutely be baby faces with their in-ring style. The Young Bucks people just want to cheer. Uh, I like. I feel like the three quarters of this roster is backwards. Malachi Black, they're portraying as a heel, and everybody wants to cheer the guy. Um, it's true, man. I mean, Penta should be one of your top three solo heels, and instead he's running around with Ray <laughs> Phoenix as half of the tag team champions. I realize people love the Lucha Brothers, but they're so much better as singles. Ray Phoenix is probably the best in the world. We don't talk about being the best in the world. 
And Penta doing what Penta is doing right now is just a waste of that guy's talent. Peter yeah. Avalon, by the way, is the best wrestler on this entire roster. Uh, Sammy Guevara portrayed as a baby face, clearly should be a heel. Uh, Scorpio, they finally turned heel. At least they got that one right. Sean Spears, they've just turned into a joke, whether he's a baby face <laughs> or a heel. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade, supposedly, right now, seem like they're supposed to be baby faces to me, which I don't quite understand. It seems like we're teasing the Wardlow baby face turn when he's clearly a monster heel on that roster absolutely um, and, and trent uh trent is an interesting one to me because i did notice trent's gear typically is very very bright very very colorful you've got like the eyeballs and stuff he almost looked like a member of the dark order with the shaved head oh, last no. night on rampage like it was Actually, just like blue point. and black trunks true, true. that's a good spot jago i mean that's a great spot which i never actually thought about Maybe, maybe there's something to that. Absolutely. I, I just, I wish that they would just get their roster right with the way that people feel about these characters. Um, in Cody at this point, I, I've come to the conclusion he's clearly just trolling people. Like <laughs> when, when, when Cody came out, when he, he came out for the Sammy Guevara challenge, right? When he goes to leave, he almost goes through the heel entrance and then yeah. he stops and kind of turns and then goes through the baby face entrance. It's like, okay, he's self-aware. Cody's clearly trolling us at this point. Do we get the Cody heel turn officially on Dynamite against Sammy Guevara? Or is that on Rampage, actually? That might be oh, the no, Christmas that's on Rampage. show. Rampage, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't have a fucking clue, man, because something... Inside of me tells me there's a part of him that still wants to be cheered, yeah. I mean, we saw on Rampage. Was it Rampage, right, where he came out? Yeah. Are you telling me he wasn't asking for sympathy? He was asking for the sympathy freaking pop, dude. You know that I mean? grandiose entrance just killed him on Rampage. If Cody would have just come out, no music with a microphone and his Randy Orton hoodie and, you <laughs> yeah. know, just like marched to the ring or maybe stopped on the ramp and started talking smack, it would have been fine. Instead, we got the full Cody entrance complete with the one minute intro to the grand Cody entrance. <sighs> Jesus. The no, best thing Cody on. did on Rampage was that microphone exchange with Dan Lambert. <laughs> Which was silly in many ways too, man. I mean, come on. I've you know never I mean? seen them set somebody up to be a babyface like they did Cody on Rampage. I mean, you bring out Dustin and Sammy and Dan Lambert and Scorpio and Ethan Page. Like, everything was stacked for Cody to be the biggest baby face in the <laughs> world. And, and they, they still, still boot him. They still boot him, man. I mean, Cody, the, and this is, look, I know you're saying he's trolling the fans, and he is, right? But a part of me feels... This wasn't intended to get like this. I think shit got out of control for him and he's scrambling in many ways, man. You know, playing both ways. I mean, that Except was the last ditch. That was the Hail Mary of Hail Marys. You've got the three most unlikable guys in the company. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Dan Lambert. They go out there. They talk smack about how stupid all of the fans are in the arena. They're getting mega heat. And then Cody comes out and gets booed. His brother comes out to save his ass. They pop for his brother. Cody starts to make a comeback, and he gets booed. Yep. Sammy Guevara, the littlest pipsqueak in the entire <laughs> locker room, who should be a heel, but they've got him portrayed as this baby face, comes out and clears the ring, which is laughable. Thank you very much. Sammy Guevara, you've got Dustin and Cody can't take out the men of the year and Dan Lambert, but Sammy freaking Guevara comes out and clears the ring, tells Cody, I got you. I re like, I respect you as a man. Like I got you. Like this has got to be set up for the Cody heel turn, man. Because if there was ever, we're going to take all of the shit that we have and throw it against the wall to see if we can get you cheered. That was that match on Rampage <laughs> or that Absolutely. segment. No, you're spot on, man. And that's how it came across, man. I was cringing. I was literally like, like it doesn't help. This is exactly why people don't like you, Cody exactly exactly and that's the part where i'm saying like yeah he, he he's self-aware but at the same time is he truly self-aware because i don't think he meant to get to this position i truly think he's scrambling to get that baby face sort of like you know like 
He wants to be a babyface, dude. I, that's what I think. And the thing that drives me nuts is the second that Cody goes through the heel tunnel or comes out of the heel tunnel, they're going to pop. <sighs> that's really? the thing. That's the part that bugs me. Like, they're going to pop. I want him to get that X-Pac heat, dude. You know what I'm saying? Even if, they, like, just boo the shit out of him, man. Even as a heel. Just let him have it. Let him have it, man. Exactly. Screw him. And and, and it's one of the it. things that's driving me nuts right now about the, the year-end awards that I'm seeing all these different places are putting out. And you know who's going to win heel of the year on, like, every single <laughs> award show? Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, absolutely. Because everybody loves heel Roman Reigns. And it's like, wait, but you're not supposed to like heel Roman Reigns. That you're not supposed to like plan. him. That was the master plan by Vince all along. And, you know, it was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. This is, this is his way of trying to troll the fans, man, by like, look, they're cheering him. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what he wanted all along, right? It's just not good. It's I'm just telling not you, dude. good. It is I don't know, is. man. I like at a certain point I wish we could talk about the narrative and what they are portraying on the show rather than oh well we have to respect the performers and how is the company using them and like there's so much behind the scenes that sometimes yeah. I just wish can we just talk about the narrative? You're and the right, narrative man. is all wrong. Well, maybe that's the problem. The fact that we look into this shit way too deep and don't look at it for what it really is. I think <laughs> I think that, that is an issue, but it's too late now, Jago. Yeah, We're all invested, right. you know what I mean? So <laughs> but yeah, I think no that does have a big part. Like really, it, it really plays a big part in this. And that's one of the things I think I like so much about Japanese pro wrestling is the performers don't pull back the curtain like that. No, that's right. They re they totally respect the art form of professional wrestling, bar none. And they don't have the, the pro wrestling media like we have in this country that's just constantly, like, digging for shit. You know what I mean? It's just... Well, they do have the media, except they take it serious, man. Like, it's an it's covered. Sport. Yeah, right. I mean, but it, they don't have, like, the dirt sheet media that's, like, yeah, constantly no, talking about, you know, controlling the narrative inside of the company and the creative decisions. And, like, they, it's covered more like a sport where it's just straight, it's played straight, you know? And it's Absolutely. so much better that way. And that's probably why I enjoy Japanese wrestling more so than anything else. When it's yeah. great, it's great. You know, You know what I'm saying? Let's uh let, let's talk about Jack's lack of surprise. Any Fight Club uh, watchers <sighs> will uh, get that. Uh, MJF versus Dante Martin, and then the lights go out, and you yep. have FTR out there. And I think there was a lot of people that thought that it was going to be Wyndham Rotunda. Uh, there was a lot of people that thought that it was going to be the Briscoes coming to pay back FTR after what happened at Final Battle. Um, and the atrocity that was, I absolutely hated that portion of this segment. I, it, it was just booked all wrong. And instead we get Sting, Darby, and then CM Punk trying to make a political statement in Texas. Um, <laughs> this kind of oh. went over like a fart in church. And the, the thing that really bugs me about it, Jimmy, is... We're clearly building to this Punk versus MJF match, and it's been building for weeks, and we still have no idea when this match is going to happen. I'm cool with that, actually, Jago. I'd rather them sort of slowly burn this feud. You know what I mean? But the problem is they didn't slow burn the feud. The problem is they blew their load on night they one. They did. Right. Oh. You can't you know talk about I mean? one. Yeah. Like, they should have saved that for later. You Absolutely. can't start that hot and then just go cold and say, yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to wait, you know, for, you know, 10 weeks before we actually have this match. It's like you can't start that hot and then pull it back like that. Just doesn't seem to work. And that's the thing, man. You think two guys like Punk and MJF would actually know that, right? You'd think. So then how the fuck did they blow their load so quick? Well, because know, just man. because Punk and MJF know that 
doesn't mean that Tony Khan realizes that. Tony Khan's right. the one that's still booking the television. Well, speaking of MJF, have you heard WB trying to make a play for him, even though his contract expires in 2024, I believe? I think this is put out by MJF's people. <laughs> yeah. I think this was put out by MJF himself to start his own bidding war. Like we see this inside of like the real sports media all the absolutely. time. Like, I, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it's also, I'm going to work these damn Mark Dirk dirt sheets. <laughs> Like, because it's MJF and that's what he does. Like he gets off on that sort of thing. I I do not think that that is in any way, shape or form true at this point. I don't think MJF works inside of a WWE context. I don't think you can script MJF the way that Vince McMahon would want to. I think MJF is way too edgy for the WWE presentation at this point. Uh, he would be watered down Miz inside oh. of a WWE context and they would take away everything that's cool about MJF. Oh, I don't man. think he it works. That. And he's only 5'11". He's not even tall enough to get into NXT. That's all right. His voice is much taller than his height though, man. I think he's an AEW lifer. I don't think he's, I don't think there's even a plausibility of him going to the WWE at this point. I mean, the landscape could be very, very different in two years, but right. at this point, absolutely not. I think this is a work and a masterful well, one because it's MJF. Well, I guarantee you there will be a bidding war for him. Make no mistake about it, Jago. I'm telling you now, I think WWE would be very interested in him. And well, does he really have to be that watered down? I mean, WWE are confused, man. Sometimes you hear bullshit without any bleeping. Then you hear shit. Like when I've noticed one thing, there's a pattern when AEW get a bit, you know, raunchy and, and, you know, start swearing a lot and whatnot, you watch raw after that. And you tend to hear the same words being used like bullshit shit without actually any bleeping. I think Vince McMahon, if you gave him his choice of the two, right. Vince McMahon would much rather have Wardlow than he would MJF. Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's not a bad pick either, dude, when you think about it. No. And I, I think Wardlow is one of those guys that we actually should be looking at as Absolutely. A, a potential big-name player that WWE is going to score from oh, AEW. My, I'm telling you now, Jago, this guy, whether it be WWE, whether it be AEW, is going to be a big star in the next, you know, five years, say within the next five years. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Japanese pro wrestling. We have Wrestle Kingdom announcements. Jimmy T. The full cards have been released. Uh, yep. Starting off night one, January fourth, inside of the Tokyo Dome, Show versus Yo. That's the first match of Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> I'm down with it, man. As long as this is the blow off of this feud. Because what they did at Best of Super Juniors really irritated the crap out of me. Um, you have Sho come out and interfere in the match between Hiromu Takahashi and Yo in what was already a very long match. <sighs> it's not like we have to heat up Sho versus Yo. Like the history is nah. there. I'm nah. happy to see that it's happening at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'm a little disappointed it's the first match, but you know, they want to start off hot. I think this is actually a great pick to kick off Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely. I think that's a great pick to kick off Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, man, I, I, I think it will be the blow off. I mean, it's at Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, what better way to like end this shit, right? Well, I mean, if we're going to get a blow off, I mean, like right. these two guys are going to at least once a year inside of best of super juniors. Oh, for sure. Definitely. You're going to get show versus yo. And like, this is going to be one of those continuing stories that could go for five, six years. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, <laughs> the way that Japan books things, former yep. tag partners, it's going to happen. Um, so no doubt. Then we get into the watering down of wrestle kingdom, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and this is my complaint. When you go to two nights, you end up with matches like these on wrestle kingdom. And this is not a wrestle kingdom match to me. 
Uh, Rocky Romero, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi take on El Fantasmo, Taisha Ishimori, and Kenta. Uh, we will see Tanahashi and Kenta on night two, but it's I, I don't need preview tags the night before. Uh, third matchup, Los Ingobernobles de Japón. That's another $50, Mr. Rhodes. Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi versus the Great Empire. Osprey, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. I hate six-man matches on Wrestle Kingdom, even though that should be good. Then we start getting into your special matches. And probably the first one that I need to talk to you about, Jimmy. Katsutori Shibata making his grand return to the ring versus, we don't know. They haven't told us. Well, um, I don't know if this is going to be a young lion. Like this could be Ren Narita. This could be somebody coming back from excursion that's been training with Shibata. But I number one, I don't like anything about this. I, I I've been pretty outspoken about. It. I don't want to see Shibata wrestle. But I feel like this is being handled all wrong. Oh well, man, I, I called this dude. I said he was coming back, and unfortunately, it came true. So. Yeah, man, look, he. it seems to me that he's just desperate to get back in the ring and no one's going to say, you know, no one's going to tell him otherwise. I mean, he just wants to be back in that ring. And like I've said on previous episodes, these guys let it all out in the ring, man. They don't care if they die in that in that squared circle or, or live. They don't give a shit, man. They just love doing what they're doing until the very end, man. It's weird. For the never open weight championship, at least it seems like for one more night, it's going to be the bad motherfucker division. Tomohiro Ishii as the champion taking on evil. <laughs> um, I hate evil challenging for any title, but you know, if I get to watch Ishii beat him up, I'm down to watch it. Um, I, I'm just, I'm so over evil and the evil act at this point. Bad dude. And I used to be a huge fan of his man, but the minute he won that IWGP, championship and when he left you know los ingobernables de japon 50 bucks cody 50 bucks cody he's been nothing but fucking crap dude and now he's just slid straight down the picking order man well i i feel like he's kind of where he belonged yoshihashi yeah. and hiroki goto the winners of world tag league I, <laughs> that's shocking dude yeah, uh, taking on the champions and the tag team MVPs of 2021, according to Tokyo Sports, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. I really hope Zack Sabre Jr. ties Yoshi Bon Jovi's hair to something and then just pummels him and makes him submit. I just. I agree 100%, <sighs> man. Winner of the best of Super Juniors, Hiromu Takahashi, takes on El Desperado in your semi main event i was a little surprised this was a semi-main event thought they might let hiromu headline the dome nope nope night one semi-main i mean it's it not that that's a disappointing spot but i, I wanted more i wanted well more. maybe maybe it'll be the match of the night who knows oh it'll be the match of the night these two guys inside of the tokyo dome i think this is going to be fantastic um they had the classic at the best of super juniors final a couple of years ago another classic this year inside of the best of super juniors guess what 30 minute time limit draw it was fantastic <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and th th they're going to tear apart the tokyo dome it it's going to be fantastic i can't wait man I, I agree but man i can't wait to get that naito takahashi match that we've been all wanting to see that never happened it, it seems like out. it's building a little bit too hiromu's talking so? a little bit of smack hmm interesting yeah. because that match could have easily been the main event of this show yeah oh absolutely um but your main event i don't think anybody is complaining uh the fourth defense of the iwgp world heavyweight championship for your current and reigning champion shingo takagi against the G1 Climax winner, Kazuchika Okada. The winner moving on to night two to unify the championship. Uh, Jimmy, Shingo has been named the Tokyo Sports MVP of 2021. I think Shingo is probably the best professional wrestler in the world. During 2021, he had an incredible run. Unfortunately, then he won the championship and... <laughs> Something has changed with Shingo since he has won the championship. And I, I, I'm not sure what it is, 
but it, it just doesn't feel as cool. It doesn't feel as dangerous. He's still going out there and having great right. matches, but it, it just doesn't feel the way that it should. Okada, on the other hand, the second half of 2021 got himself into impeccable shape and the Rainmaker has returned. I, I, I think it, it's time, right? absolutely it's time i'm sorry jaga but it's true it's time and uh is it the curse of of akata on that iwgp world championship because any everyone that's won it after akata recently including kenny let's be honest man as much as we love kenny his iwgp title run was pretty poor let's let's be real here right oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. we'll think about it and now even osprey's because of himself Obviously, he didn't have a great run. Now you got Shingo. I don't know what's going on, but Evil's another one. He's a great example. The minute he won the belt, it just he just slid. And well, I'm, Evil and never should have won those belts. No, he shouldn't have. But even Shingo, man, ever since he's won the title, he just doesn't seem himself. I don't know what it is exactly. But In the meantime, you have Okada walking around with, you know, the most beautiful championship belt in all of professional wrestling, the IWGP World Championship version four, um, rather than, you know, the IWGP Divas Championship that Shingo is running around with. <laughs> Divas um, championship. Oh, I, that's man. what it looks like. It looks like a gold-plated <laughs> Divas Championship to me. Um, oh, boy. So, okay, we go with Okada. I think we're, yep. we, we both agree Okada wins that belt. 100 percent and yep. brings back that version four championship man all right so that brings us to night two january 5th inside of the tokyo dome iwgp junior heavyweight tag team championship triple threat this will be insane uh your current champions in their first defense tiger mask and robbie eagles taking on the teams of the mega coaches rocky romero and ryusuke Deguchi, as well as the Bullet Club cutest tag team, El Fantasmo and Taisha Ishimori. Uh, I I don't even care. I just think this match is going to be a whole lot of fun. Oh, no doubt about it, man. For and sure. That, Not- those junior titles, nobody cares. Nobody oh, yeah. cares. I mean, do they really need them? I mean, do they even really need those championships when you think about it? No, it's like the women's tag team titles in the WWE. Like, oh, there, there is just this. no need. There is no need for those belts to exist. You know what, Jugger? Who are the WWE Women's Tag Champions, as a matter of fact? Because I don't even have a clue who, who they are. It beats the hell out of me. I I have <laughs> no funny. idea, and I don't That's care. Funny. Well, this match will definitely be over, though, dude. And I think Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask are actually going to win this match. I hope so. I hope so. I do, I do like sense. the team of the Flying Tigers. I do like that. <laughs> for sure. Then we have a match that you would think that I would be happy about, and I am pissed, Jimmy. stardom is getting a match on wrestle kingdom again this year i'm very very happy about that they are promoting it as the second match on the show i'm very very happy about that which means that maybe it'll actually be on the broadcast rather than just a dark match um so a big big spot for stardom they have a huge title match coming up at the end of this month it's going to be shiri versus current red belt champion utami hi shita (laughs) Um, and it has been a great run for Utami. They've had two killer matches already this year. In my opinion, the match of the year and all of professional wrestling was the double knockout match. Um, they could have very easily delayed that match five days and put that match on wrestle kingdom. Instead, they had all five of the factions represented and they drew fucking straws to see who was not going to compete at Wrestle Kingdom. Really? Donna Del Mundo got the short straw. Donna Del Mundo not represented at Wrestle Kingdom. So instead, what we have is the leader of the Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano, tagging with Saya Kamatani from Queen's Quest. Why Saya is in this spot is very, very confusing to me. A little bit more clear after this morning, but very, very confusing why Saya is in this role. Versus the team representing stars, Mayu Iwatani, and her tag team partner representing Oedo Tai, 
Starlight Kid. <laughs> now, if you follow stardom at all, the best feud in all of professional wrestling this year is Starlight Kid versus Mayu Iwatani. It is the best storyline being told in wrestling. And they're going to team them up at Wrestle Kingdom. What in the flying fuck? <laughs> Can I ask, I, dude? I don't it understand, anything? dude. Well, was it any anything that happened on Stardom that made sense why they're teaming up together? Like anything? No. Well, no. yeah. Then what the fuck is this shit then? These why would they do that? Our former tag partners, Mayu got beat in a faction war. Starlight Kid had to leave the faction and join 080 tie. Everybody was in tears. <laughs> so we're we gonna pretend that like this match never happened after the match actually happened. Mayu says, Starlight Kid, don't you worry. I'm going to get you back. And Mayu goes out and she works her ass off. They have another faction war. And Mayu wins. And Starlight Kid can come home. And Starlight Kid's <laughs> like, fuck you, Mayu Iwatani. I'm with Oedo Tai. Like, oh, my God. Everybody's in tears again. <laughs> now they're going to be a fucking tag team at Wrestle Kingdom. What? Maybe there's something oh. to it, Jugger. Maybe one of them will turn on each other, man. I mean, you think. But who cares? Like, even if you would have done Kid versus Mayu inside of the Tokyo Dome, that would have been justified. But no. Absolutely. Just like, th this is like, you know, we're gender equity and diversity quotas. And like, we're, we're trying to get all, all of the factions need to be written. No, fuck <laughs> that. Just put on the best goddamn match that you can. Like fuck <laughs> all this shit. Oh, it just drives me insane. They give you the platform and this is what you do with it. Like, well, that sums oh, up. It's ring, of, it's, it's, it's ring of honor inside of Madison square garden. It's oh, like, geez. what are you You're doing? Right. It's true. Oh, it's, it's true, just man. infuriating to me. It's true. It makes no sense, but maybe there will be something significant that happens in that match. We'll see. Third match, no time limit. KOPW 2022 four-way match. Um, you can bet Yano will probably win that. And nobody cares. Fourth <laughs> match, never open weight six-man titles on the line. In their first defense, the Bullet Club team of the House of Torture, the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro and Evil teamed up with Show taking on the chaos team of yo yoshihashi and hiroki fucking goto um <laughs> cool don't yeah don't <laughs> care sonata versus the great okan don't mm. care i just eh. don't care i can't stand the great okan anyway so your top three matches of Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Tetsuya Naito tangles with Jeff Cobb. I'm very much looking forward to that matchup as they continue to try to elevate Jeff Cobb up the card. Like, he is going through everybody, man. He went through Tanahashi, then he went through Okada. Now that he's on to Tetsuya Naito, they are giving this dude every rub that they possibly can. And I feel like Jeff Cobb is making the absolute most of it. Oh, absolutely, man. He's totally evolved into something even better right now, Jago. And like yeah. we were talking about earlier about, you know, character evolution, this is a great example of it, man, because this Jeff Cobb is an absolute monster and is a completely different version of Jeff Cobb to what we knew before. Jeff Cobb basically undefeated all year with the exception of matches against Kazuchika Okada. And then inside of a tag match, Tetsuya Naito pinned him. And Jeff Cobb completely lost his freaking mind about it, which is great. And Naito is like... I'm in your head. <laughs> just calm down. Tranquilo. Just calm down. <laughs> and, and so now it's Naito just fucking with Jeff Cobb. And it's it's great. It's I'm great. looking forward to it, man. I mean, Naito's I a great form for Jeff Cobb because Cobb is so serious. And Naito is just <laughs> not. <laughs> Tranquilo. <laughs> Just tranquilo. <laughs> no, Kenta man. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Championship. No disqualification match. I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. You know? Yeah, of course. But it, it's so weird to me. Like, Kenta made such a big deal about how he had to win that title. 
because he didn't like Moxley having it for so long and not defending it and all this other stuff. And then he wins the title and he hasn't defended it. This is going to be his first title defense. What the fuck, man? Like, What's going just, on there? I don't get it. I don't get what, it. What's with everybody winning titles and doing absolutely nothing with them? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. What's, I mean, what, what the fuck's going on? And then, of course, in your main event, Will Ospreay versus presumably Kazuchika Okada to unify the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in the version four. I go with Okada over Strong. Um, This is going to be Osprey's first match back in Japan in, what, eight months? So I'm I'm very curious to see how that goes over. Oh, man, I'm definitely looking forward to this match, and it's probably the match that everybody would be really looking for other than Naito and Cobb because... Everything else has been eh, on this card, dude. Let's be real. I think two matches make this card. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're looking for a lot of walk-up traffic for night two. Um, and I, while Shingo versus Osprey would be very, very good, there's such a, a personal right. story with Okada and Osprey. It just makes sense to go that way, man. I mean, I'd rather see Osprey and Okada. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And then there's night three. Oh. <sighs> wow. I'm still shocked what you told me previously, dude. I mean, seriously, this is, this now, is something else. To be fair, I am not a pro wrestling Noah watcher. Um, I, I, I do know who people are and, and whatnot, <clears throat> but they had the opportunity to do something really, really cool. and instead they are giving us a bunch of tag matches your main event Los Ngobernobles de Japón Shingo Takagi, Tatsuya Naito, Sonata Hiromu and Bushi take on Congo uh, the team of Nakajima, Kino Soya and Aleha Uh, okay cool Um, but wouldn't it be much cooler to just have like you know a singles match between like you know whoever the two champions might be uh, yeah, you think, right? I, I mean, mean, like, did did anybody want a 10-man tag for the main event? Oh, I'm sure everybody did, clearly. Uh, <laughs> the match that it would not surprise me to become the main event, uh, Okada and Tanahashi versus Kaito and Muda. Um, this should have been two singles matches. Hey, what they, the fuck, man? they have been building to Okada versus Kaito for two years. <laughs> and this is what we get. And instead, we're going to get it inside of a tag match. Very unhappy about that. And wow. Tanahashi had made the comment uh, during the press conference when this was announced that he wanted to face Kaiji Muto uh, because the last time they had faced off was 12 years ago inside of the Tokyo Dome. Um, I, there's a lot of history with those two guys. I love that matchup. And instead they're going to sure. give it to us in a tag team match. I'm very disappointed. Clearly this is a case of two companies not agreeing with each other. Surely. Uh, I think maybe somebody got something a little wrong. They have Kenta on team Noah uh, for what? a match. Uh, against Taichi Suzuki and Takamichinoku, uh, well, Kenta Sakuraba and Takashi. I well, Kenta is a Noah legend when you think about I, it. I realize that, but he's been with New Japan Pro Wrestling for several years at this point. He's holding one of their titles right now. Like, well, think of the invasion angle, right? When Jericho suddenly was still Team WWE, but you know, Stone Cold was Team WCW. You know what I mean? Think of it like that, man. Same shit. Um, Masa and Go Shiyazaki take on Evil and Dick Togo. Really? Really? <laughs> Kinamaru <laughs> and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ogawa and Marufuji. Um, like Zack Sabre Jr. and Marufuji, when they have their exchange, like that, that'll be cool. But oh, absolutely. You know, and then there's a a, a random chaos matchup versus holy shit how many people are in that match <laughs> one two three four five so a, a, a 10 man tag um <sighs> a, a, another matchup with uh 
Yohei and Ronagi versus El Desperado and Doki. Um, another random six-man match, Bullet Club versus Stinger. I mean, well, what the fuck, man? As Jim Cornette would say, what the fuck? Like, seriously, what the fuck, man? I mean, they had the opportunity to do something really, really cool. This was the night I was looking forward to the most, Jago. I said this like last week. So now, disappointing. not only was I disappointed about the fact that they're charging you to actually watch this event, right? Yeah, it'll be, be on, on World Japan like a week later. There's no way I'm paying to watch this event live. No chance. Not if every match is a freaking tag match. And then they did that. They turned everything into a tag match, and it's like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. I mean, seriously, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? That's pretty much how I feel about it, too. Yep. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show of The Blow Off. Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then find us over at atmarkmedia.com. Search Hitting the Marks on your favorite podcast listening device. It'll pop right up there for you for the new feed. Um, and you can find us over at the Hameen Media Group channel, attitude.com. HameenMediaGroup.Podbean.com. You can keep up with me across social media platforms at NotJargo, MichaelJargo.com. That'll also get you over to at Mark Media. Jimmy T, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the Greeks keep up with you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at DJ Mass Effects and at the PWC Network. And please like and subscribe at AtMarkMedia.com. And also like and subscribe at the PWC Network.Podbean.com. That's about it, Jago. We will talk to you next Saturday morning. Join the live show over at Twitter, Hameen Media, as well as over on YouTube. Just search the Blow Off Wrestling Podcast. We'll pop right up there for you. We will talk to you next Saturday morning. For now, we're off like a prop dress. See ya. Peace.